Special Prosecutor Jack Smith has now reportedly secured the cooperation of a crucial witness who could provide more evidence into Donald Trump's attempts to overturn the results of the 2020 election. That person actually happens to be a man that Donald Trump once had to pardon, and that is former New York Police Commissioner Bernie Carrick. So here's what happened. For quite some time now, the DOJ has been trying to get Carrick to turn over thousands of pages of documents related to Carrick's efforts while working for Rudy Giuliani to travel the country and look for this alleged voter fraud that Trump swore was out there everywhere. Carrick was the guy that Giuliani sent out there to gather this evidence. Carrick didn't want to turn these thousands of pages of documents over to the DOJ because his lawyers had claimed at the time, well, you see our client was working for a lawyer, Rudy Giuliani. So everything he did was protected by attorney client privilege. Makes sense, I guess. But then something interesting happened this past Friday. Carrick's lawyer decided, you know what? We're going to waive attorney client privilege on all of this, right? We, we, we don't, we don't want to fight you anymore. We are suddenly out of nowhere going to cooperate with you. Here's the thousands of pages. Thanks for asking. Sorry. It took us so long to get them. That sure seems like the DOJ may have come up to Carrick and said, Hey man, we know you don't want to turn over these documents, but, uh, we, we may have a reason to think that you were involved in criminal activity. You may be a target of this investigation. You don't want that to happen, right? We can guarantee you it won't if you start cooperating with us, right? That's how deals are made in investigations like this. So that is likely what happened, but here's something interesting. And this kind of ties everything together. Once you learn who Bernie Carrick's lawyer is, who decided to waive the attorney client privilege, because that lawyer is none other than Tim Parlatori the guy who famously resigned from Donald Trump's legal team just two short months ago. So here's why that to me is the biggest part of the story. Apparently Parlatori had been representing both Donald Trump and Bernie Carrick. Unless of course, Parlatori jo joined Carrick's team after leaving Trump's team. Um, I, I haven't seen the timeline on either of those. So let's assume Parlatori was representing both men. In May, he decides, I can't do this with Trump anymore, but I'm going to stick with Bernie Carrick. So parlatory, you know, regardless of the timeline of when he took Carrick on as a client, he knew about the dangers facing Donald Trump. He knew about the ins and outs of the investigations from what they had been told, the information that had been released. So parlatory had this knowledge of what was going on and what likely was coming towards Donald Trump. He leaves the legal team, probably knowing that, look, even I can't do this. I can't work miracles. And then with Carrick, he's like, you know what, man, I've seen what's on the other side. Okay. You need to cooperate. We need to waive this attorney client privilege. We need to give this information up. There's good evidence to suggest that Rudy Giuliani has already flipped. There's good evidence to suggest that Mark Meadows may have already flipped. Bernie, do you really want to be the one left holding the bag? Just you and Donald? No, you don't. So maybe it's better 
if you go ahead and turn this over, try to get yourself a deal because I've seen what's going on with Trump. I know how bad it is. And the rest is history. Carrick, of course, has turned over these thousands of pages of documents. And I do not think it is a a coincidence, excuse me, that uh, Parlatori is his lawyer and that Parlatori is no longer Trump's lawyers. I think that is the piece of the puzzle that really ties all of this together that forced Carrick to make that decision finally to cooperate with the DOJ, at least partially. You know, we can't say for sure that he is cooperating fully, but turning over several thousand pages of documents related to your attempts on Rudy Giuliani's Giuliani's orders, who was on Trump's orders to go find fraud, that's a big piece of evidence. And now Jack Smith has it in his possession. Republican Senator Mitt Romney has a plan to get Donald Trump out of the 2024 presidential race, possibly out of politics altogether. And he laid out his plan this week in an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal. And Mitt Romney's plan is very simple. He says that the plan is for the donors, the Republican donors out there. When you start to see your candidate slip, right? When their polls are going down, 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 what you do donors is you stop giving them money right? Then that'll basically bankrupt their campaigns. They'll be forced to drop out. And once we get pretty much everybody to drop out, it's just Donald Trump versus one or two people. Boom, bang, boom. Trump loses. Ha. That is, that is Mitt Romney's brilliant plan (laughs) to take down Donald Trump. Now it's no secret, obviously, that a crowded field is going to help Donald Trump in the Republican primary because Donald Trump is going to get his MAGA voters, right? They're not going to defer from him. So he's got that base locked up. Now you take the rest of the Republicans, you know, the normal ones, we'll call them, even though, you know, there's nothing normal about them, but the normal Republicans, their votes are going to be split between what? 10 other people. Well, diluting that vote between 10 people is definitely going to benefit Donald Trump. So that is why Mitt Romney says, if we can get these other guys to drop out, of course, then it's a more level playing field. You know, one-on-one is better than 10 people sharing 50% of the votes versus one guy. (sighs) Mitt Romney's plan is also very stupid because Mitt Romney doesn't say that donors need to do it now right? If you were really serious about this, you would be telling the donors you have to do it now, but instead he is, he's given them the date no later than say February 26th, the Monday following the contest in Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, and South Carolina. (laughs) So you have to August, to September, to October, to November, to December, to January, to February, you got seven months where these other Republican candidates are going to be beating each other up. Trump's going to be beating them up. They're going to be wasting money. And then at February 26th, like that's when the donors have to be like, okay, enough is enough. I'm not going to give you any more money. Seven months from today is the cutoff date for Mitt Romney. Um, that's dumb as hell, Mitt. (laughs) The cutoff date should be immediately following the first Republican presidential primary debate, which is coming up in mid August. 
Because at that point, when we see these people on the stage, we're going to know who's real and who's pretending. We're going to know who has potential and who's going to fall flat and not win a single state in the contest. Not to mention the fact that the date you have set, as you said yourself in your op-ed, is several days after the first four Republican contests. Well, according to the latest round of polling out this week, Trump's already winning in all four of those states by double digits. So you're wanting these donors to stop giving money to the losers after Donald Trump has wiped the floor with them in the first four contests. Once the voters see that happen, yes, they're going to abandon the other people and they're all going to fall in line. That's how primaries work. That's why the parties like to space it out so they can have somebody gain momentum instead of everybody voting on the same day and no state being influenced by states who voted before them. Yes, to a degree, it is a rigged system on both the left and the right. If they wanted it to be a fair system, primary day would be one single day, all 50 states, one time, one day, results come in, then you have your nominee. They stagger it like this so that each state can be influenced by the state before it. That's what happens. But because of that, Mitt, you're going to allow Donald Trump because of your arbitrarily stupid deadline here to have all of that momentum going in. The states that come after are going to look at that and be like, well, Trump's not beatable. May as well vote for him. Your timeline is stupid. Your plan could work, but you've made it dumb. <laughs> I mean, look at what's happening with certain Republican candidates right now who have done nothing but lose points in polls since they announced their candidacy. Ron DeSantis, I'm looking squarely at you. Your popularity is going down. Your donors are already fleeing. And I think those donors should take Mitt Romney's advice right now and say, screw it, dude, you suck. You're two months into this. You're already having to reboot your campaign. We're done with you. Tim Scott is surging. Nikki Haley is doing better. Mike Pence and Chris Christie are stagnant. So those folks under Mitt Romney's plan need to stop getting money. Republican donors need to be looking more at Tim Scott, which they are, though they're leaving Ron DeSantis, moving to Tim Scott, according to reports and Nikki Haley, not doing bad, not doing great, but she's still in this race. So you knock it down to two against one. Suddenly Mitt Romney's plan could work. But if you wait to implement this plan seven months down the road, as Mitt Romney suggests, all you're going to do is allow these donors to waste millions of dollars on these other candidates, and you're still going to be stuck with Trump anyway. So thanks for trying, Mitt. Still a stupid plan. On Monday evening, Alina Hava, who, by the way, was recently, I guess you would say, demoted from Donald Trump's legal defense team and instead they moved her over to his super PAC where she now serves as a spokesperson slash possibly legal counsel. You know, if they have any disputes regarding parking garages, because that is Alina Haba's area of legal expertise, but either way, she's off the legal team. She's now a spokesperson for the super PAC and the Trump campaign by default. So on Monday evening, after the story broke about Bernie Carrick cooperating with the feds, she did what any good spokesperson would do. And she went on Newsmax and tried to explain it away and act like it was no big deal. The problem is Alina Haba is not good at this. 
And even when asked by a friendly host who happened to, by the way, be Republican Congressman Matt Gates, who for some reason was filling in on Newsmax for the regular host. So we have a sitting congressman on the Republican side who loves Donald Trump interviewing a Trump super PAC spokesperson slash pseudo lawyer. It says, Hey, what do you make of this? Right? We got Bernie Carrick cooperating now, thousands of pages of documents in the hands of the DOJ. Alina, what's your take? Well, Alina Haba, when it was thrown to her, immediately fell flat on her face. She said, well, you know, she can't get into specifics. And then she said, they come out with this for a reason and everything is done in specific timing. Headlines are done for election interference. They say, look at all the shiny ball guys. Uh, don't look over here. We don't want you to see it. We, we want you, we want to give you another headline. And she is of course referring to Hunter Biden because they then went into a conversation about Hunter Biden. So she's like, this is all a big distraction. So they don't talk about Hunter Biden and instead they focus on Donald Trump. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and just put this out in the ether. All of the so-called witnesses that Republicans have brought against Hunter Biden, uh, have proven to either be complete and total liars. Some of them paid by Donald Trump's friends, uh, or the others have turned out to possibly be criminals that are now facing jail time. So not exactly the most reputable group of people there. You got Alina. But sure, if you want to say that talking about the fact that a former Trump ally has now agreed to cooperate, that that's the distraction, kind of seems like you were trying to distract people with the Hunter Biden story from the big story about the guy that you used to represent. You know, you're acting like, no, they're deflecting. You're deflecting. And as I said, you're not good at it. So let me explain to you something really quick here. Alina Haba is a lawyer. She did go to law school. She graduated from law school. She has passed the bar. So as a lawyer, here is how she should have responded to that question. So let's do it. I'm going to do a little role playing here. Matt Gates asks me, Farron, what do, what do you make of this Bernie carrot cooperating thing? And then I say, well, Matt, as you know, you know, I was, I was on Donald Trump's legal defense team. So obviously there are things that I cannot get in detail with attorney client privilege, things like that. So I cannot speak to certain aspects of this case. But what I can tell you, because this is publicly known is that Mr. Carrick was sent around this country to find the voter fraud. You know, president Trump was adamant that voter fraud had occurred. So Mr. Carrick working through Rudy Giuliani, because that's also publicly known, went out there to gather the evidence. He was documenting things. He was compiling these lists and all this wonderful information for us. So if the DOJ wants to get their hands on that, we're perfectly fine with it. If anything, this bolsters Donald Trump's case that he did nothing wrong, that he was out there actively looking for the fraud. And hopefully the information that Carrick gives them will prove the things that my client has been saying are 100% correct. That's how you respond to that question. As a lawyer, as a spokesperson, that is how you answer that question. And I despise the guy, right? I'm not actually trying to defend Donald Trump, but if I were in that position, if I had been paid money, if I'm paid a salary 
to do a job, that is the job that should have been done, Alina. That is how you handle that question. And I just came up with that on the spot. You actually had time to prep and you fell right down on your face. What about Carrick? Well, Hunter Biden. You're terrible at this. I don't know why Donald Trump kept you on his staff at all. You are not good at this. You are not a good public speaker. You are not a good defender. You are not good at trying to diplomatically explain things away. Honest to God, it's not that hard. But for somebody like Alina Haba, who again, recently got booted off the Trump defense team, clearly trying to make your client look good is not something that she is good at.